0: Welcome to Asayers, a podcast from Statistics Canada, where we meet the people behind the data and explore the stories behind the numbers. I'm your host, Tegan Bridge. Longtime listeners of the pod may recall that we released an episode about inflation and the consumer price index in January of 2022. At that point, the latest data told us that in December of 2021, the CPI was up 4.8% from the year before. The last two years or so have been interesting. I'd like to show you a graph of the changes in the inflation rate over the past two years. But because graphs don't translate well to podcasting, instead, this slide whistle will give you an idea of what the graph would look like. At this point, as of recording. The latest data released in February 2023 indicate that the year-over-year inflation rate was 5.2%. Not the highest it's been in the last year, but definitely still up there. It's higher than it was a year earlier, when we were also talking about how high inflation was. It got me wondering, what makes an inflation rate high in the sense of what's the ideal inflation rate? My sister is doing a master's in economics, and I asked her if the ideal inflation rate was zero, and... She just looked at me in horror. It was at that point that I realized we should probably do another episode about inflation. Even if only so that I could impose upon another StatCan expert. I want to know what the economists know. Ask them my questions and get some answers. What's inflation and why does it... What's the word? Burn. Burn. Thank you for joining us. Could you please introduce yourself with your name and job title?
1: Sure. Uh, it's Guy Galletly. I'm the Chief Economic Advisor of the Analytical Studies Unit here at the agency.
0: So could you talk generally about the economy and inflation?
1: Well, we're coming out of extraordinary times, obviously, with the uh, with the pandemic. And uh, the last two years have seen a pretty continuous buildup in inflationary pressure sort of throughout different aspects of the economy. And uh, that's kind of provided the backdrop for, for sort of a lot of the, uh, the economic discussion and certainly a lot of the reaction on the part of households and on the part of businesses as how, how to deal with and how to grapple with those you know, the kind of high rates of inflation and what they mean ultimately for, uh, for consumer spending and business investment and a whole host of other kind of economic activity.
0: We are of course dealing with a lot of inflation and that causes people a lot of stress. So if I were to make a movie about the economy, would inflation be the bad guy?
1: Well, high inflation usually is the bad guy. There's, there's no question about that. I mean, the idea between uh, uh, or, or behind monetary policy and, uh, and uh, for example, what the Bank of Canada attempts to do with its inflation targeting is to keep inflation uh, low, uh, stable, and predictable. And that's the idea of a, of a 2% target. It's kind of that midpoint between the 1% to 3% control range that they have. And so the idea there is, you're, you're you're giving confidence to you know households and investors who have to make decisions on spending and investing, you know, and they want to be certain that the uh, value of that money, uh, their hard-earned money, is uh you know is preserved over time. So uh, that's the idea. Sort of stability and predictability uh, tends to be your friend there, and in, in a high inflationary environment, that can be very difficult to achieve.
0: So I guess we know the cons definitely of inflation, but. Could you t- expand a little bit about those pros that you were talking about? Stability, predictability.
1: Well, that's a, that's the distinction between some inflation and high inflation. So you want some inflation, and that's the idea of a of that two percent target. You want to keep it kind of at or near uh, that midpoint of of what the bank calls its control range. So, so the idea there is that you want, uh, some inflation, some upward pressure on prices. It's sort of essential to a well functioning economy. So, you know, you want something that's conducive to output growth and, and productivity growth and wage growth and job gains and all of those, those good things that we like to talk about. Um, and a stable, low inflationary environment. And low inflation doesn't mean no inflation, and we can get to that at some point, but uh, but sort of a stable price growth there uh, is, uh, is usually seen as very, very supportive of those goals. So that's the idea. there.
0: You say we're coming out of extraordinary times right now. Mm-hmm. For somebody who hasn't studied economics, where does our current inflation or uh, the inflation we've been seeing in the last year or so, how does that rank?
1: Well, certainly for those of us who are younger, and I'm not necessarily one of those anymore, um, it's the highest we've seen in some time. If you could go back to the early '80s, uh, we did have double-digit inflation there for for a period, and this was before the uh, the inflation targeting uh, policies that uh, that the bank uh, adopted in the early '90s. So you know we have had very high rates of inflation before. Uh, we're seeing this obviously for the first time in a in a generation, or couple of generations. So there's a bit of a a sticker shock to it. And the thing about the current inflationary environment is it's very, very broad based. So it's not just like it's one thing. We often talk about gas price dynamics and their contribution to inflation. Uh, But here you've got, you know, pressures coming from, you know, gas, food, shelter, a lot of consumer durables and consumer spending, sort of, uh, you know, strong price growth kind of across the board. And that's the, the challenge for many consumers.
0: I don't think people need to be told the challenges of high inflation. It means people's money doesn't go as far when they want to make purchases. But what would happen if inflation were zero? Why would that not be ideal?
1: Well, the classic textbook response is a deflationary spiral. So the idea there is that if if you and here expectations matter. So if people are convinced that uh, that you're going to see continual price decreases sustained over a long period of time, they're going to hold off their spending now. So there's a huge delay in their spending, and that can have real detrimental uh, effects on the economy in the near term in terms of lower output and higher unemployment.
0: So that would be if inflation were going down. But what if it just what if all prices just stayed the same?
1: That's the thing, you know, you're never going to be in a world where all prices are going to stay the same oh, no. it's a, because these prices are reflective of, uh, of demand and supply conditions in the economy. And those are always changing, you know, and uh, you know, I mean, if you look at the experience of the last two years, you get an extent how rapidly that can change, you know, both on the demand side as, uh, you know, we came out of the pandemic and people are ramping up their spending on, you know, as we were all trapped in our basements there. So there's a real demand to get out there and spend. And uh, you know, much of the story of inflation over the last two years has been, you know, all the constraints on the supply side. It's just difficult to move things because of all of the disruptions and shortages in terms of computer chips and, and on and on. That created some real, tensions on the supply side of the economy. And that, too, will flow into prices at some point. So you've got upside pressure coming from high demand, some upside pressure on inflation coming from from lower supply, and, uh, and that creates uh, some of the rates that we've seen over the past year.
0: And you used a Rather scary term, deflationary spiral. Could you talk about what would happen if inflation were in the negative?
1: Oh, well, then people, and again, you want, it's a question of being in the negative for a sustained period. And then people get convinced that, oh, okay, well, why spend my money now if things are just going to be cheaper down the road? And so you, what you don't want to do is kind of lock into a psychology like that because then, you know, you're going to do potentially some real damage to the economy in the near term. People aren't going to spend if they're kind of convinced you're going to get a better deal a month, two months, three months. And that actually leads to lower demand and, and lower prices. And uh, so the spiral idea is, is what they want to avoid. So, so the idea here is uh, stability and predictability with some inflation that's broadly conducive to economic growth and, uh, and productivity and income growth.
0: So let's talk about that ideal inflation rate. You said 2% earlier or 1% to 3%. Where does that come from and why is that the best number? uh, You know,
1: that's uh, agreed upon. Uh, There's an inflation targeting agreement uh, uh, that the Bank of Canada reviews with the government of Canada every five years. And it's long been the uh, kind of the, the target rate, the midpoint of that one to three range, and it's it's done in their judgment, obviously, as the the best rate uh, for supporting the sort of economic activity and and uh, and uh, labor market activity that we'd, we'd like to see. So you know that's. Uh, it is reviewed. There's no hard number that works for all time, although that target has been at 2% for quite a long time, both in Canada and in many other countries as well. The U.S. Fed is a common best example. So, yes, you're, uh, you're, they certainly do review it. You know, that's the thing. It's not a mechanical thing where one size fits all. For all time, they're going to look at it periodically and determine kind of what that optimal rate is, at least in the near or the median term, and uh, and they'll adjust their their monetary policy accordingly uh, to kind of hit that. mark. But two percent, as long as I can remember, has been that uh, has been that target. So uh, st- slow, steady, predictable, being the key idea there.
0: Does every economy want a two percent inflation rate? And are there examples of economies that don't want a two percent inflation rate? I'm, I'm is is that a universal number? Uh, you know, I don't
1: know if it's a universal number. It is certainly a uh, a common number amongst much of the major central banks and monetary authorities uh, uh, in the Western world. It's just a uh, you, you see to see that as uh, as kind of the uh, uh, kind of the position that many of them will take. Um, it, it'd be funny to look back historically and ask yourself, sort of, you know, how you came to that sort of two percent world. And uh, and uh, you know what the evolution of monetary policy on the way to that actually looked like. But uh, the idea here is, and this is a really important point, is you want to give uh, consumers, households, investors confidence that the value of their money is going to be preserved, and uh, by being very explicit about that target um, and uh, uh, and giving some you know, some real time information on how they see the economy evolving over the near term, uh, it gives you a great deal of confidence as, a, as someone who, who now has to spend money. It's like, okay, is this a sensible thing to do? Uh, do I have confidence that inflation is going to come back down to uh, that range? And so the central banks, uh, both here and abroad, will, will give lots of signals often to, to kind of communicate their expectations to you and I. Uh, and then, uh, then that is obviously good for the economy as a whole.
0: If someone would like to learn more about inflation, where can they go?
1: Um first of all you can go to Statistics Canada's website uh, the consumer price index that comes out monthly um it's the headline inflation indicator and uh there's uh there's that. There's a whole bunch of supporting analytical work uh that's been produced over time by Super Prices Division and, and others in the agency that help us understand the dynamics of inflation and uh what's driving it and what some of the key measurement issues are. That's a good place to start, for sure. Uh the Bank of Canada as well. If your interest is in inflation targeting and how that works and how monetary policy uh is uh, is conducted to ensure you know, that, that the economy functions on an effective uh, and, uh, and a solid foundation. That's the place to go there. They uh, have a number of documents where they outline sort of how they think about this and, uh, and the tools at their disposal.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Asayers. Thank you to our guest, Guy Galletly. You can subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts. There, you can also find the French version of our show called Écoutez Bien. If you liked this show, please rate, review, and subscribe. This is the last episode of Season 3, so we'd like to take the opportunity to put the spotlight on the many people who contributed behind the scenes. Thanks to the subject matter experts of StatCan and the many, many other internal teams who support this show. Special thank you to Tom Thompson for his invaluable guidance. Production support by Janelle Ba and Jillian Bridge. The video production team is Tony Fulasante. Martin Charlebois, Jesse James McCutcheon, and Mitch Lawson. Audio engineering by Max Zimmerman. The logo was created by Vincenzo Germano. Thank you to Annick Lepage and Marc Bazinet for steering this ship. My name's Tegan Bridge, and I've been your host. And thanks to you for listening.